Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. In fact, when I walked out my door this morning, I told God I have a great job, and today is a great day. I got to tell the church we're having a baby, we're starting a new series, and I'm going to go see Avengers Endgame. Come on, somebody. It's a good day today. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to go over the series called, the, the title of this series is called, The Church is Not the Building. The Church is the People. Come on, somebody. Can you say it with me? Say, The Church is not the building. All right, let's try it again. The church is not the building. Let me tell you, this is not the church. This building is not the church. It's not it. In fact, it's Jefferson Elementary. Newsflash. All right? It's not it. And say this with me. The church is the people. You are the church of the living God. Come on, somebody. That's good news. So we're going to be learning about what the church is. Who does it belong to? All right. We're going to be learning about this. And, I, I, and a lot of times there's a lot of uh, just a lot of thought about, about out there about what they, people think it is. But we're, we're over this series, over the series. And I always tell you and I always the way I preach you is from the Bible. I don't tell you what I think about the Bible. Come on, somebody. I tell you what the Bible has to say. I tell you what God has to say. I don't tell you what I think God is saying. Come on, somebody. I tell you what God is saying. There's a lot of people people out there that tell you what they think God is saying, all right? But it's important to know what God is saying through his word revealed to us, amen, and through Jesus Christ. So over the next four weeks, at least, we're going to be talking about church, how significant church is, what people really think about it, all right? It's, uh, and I'm really, really excited. In fact, I got uh, my license and my degree from uh, the Foursquare denomination in which my theology is Foursquare. I love Foursquare. It's amazing. And they've taught me a lot about church history. Do you know that the church is over two millennia years old? Come on, somebody. That's that's very old. Over 2,000 years old. We have a rich heritage. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all don't know where you come from. Some of y'all don't know what your ancestors in the faith have been through. Come on, somebody. This is not even in my notes, but I want to let you know there has been a great sacrifices for us to be who we are in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. The church of Jesus Christ is alive and well. All right, just a little, just a little newsflash, a little teaching for you. Do you know that the earliest Christians were persecuted and martyred for their belief? They were told, you don't believe that. There's only one king. His name is Caesar, not Jesus the carpenter, right? You're not the Messiah. Do you know what they used to do to the old Christians in, in Italy and in Rome? They used to actually throw them in the Colosseum to be eaten by tigers and lions. Do you know that? Come on, we have a rich heritage. We ought to know where we come from and what we believe, amen? We are special, chosen people. We ought to thank God that we live in a country with religious freedoms. Because right now you have brothers and sisters in the Middle East, in Iran, and in China. And right now they are meeting underground, believing in the greatest name ever in recorded history. His name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. Who am I preaching to? We act like we're living. Come on, you can give God a better clap. Come on, somebody. We're living in times where we're so comfy. We're so comfy. Come on, somebody. 
we have the we have amazing faith. We have amazing power. The Bible actually says in Greek, the power that we have through the Holy Spirit is the, is called dunamis, which is actually in English dynamite. We have explosive power in the name of Jesus. Why are we living comfy lives? Come on, somebody. We are we are God had chose. Let me tell you about purpose really quickly. Do you know that you were born in the generation that you were born in on purpose? Do you know the city in which you live in is a city that you live in that God has brought you to on purpose? The family that you have is on purpose. The work that you do is on purpose. The church that you come to is on purpose. Come on, somebody. You are you are you are made for a purpose. We have a rich heritage. Can you tell I'm excited? All right. We have a rich heritage. In the church of Jesus Christ, I want to share this with you. For about 31 years, for about 31 years of my life, I have been uttering a word that I believe was the correct way to say a certain kind of word. You ever done that before? Where where you, you know that how you say a certain word, you know how you pronounce it, is the right way. Because everyone else in your clan, in your circle, and your family says that word the way that it, they, like you think it's supposed to be said, your abuelita says it that way. So this is the way you say it, right? So for about 31 years, I've been uttering the, a word that my wife kind of said, you're not saying it right. And I said, girl, you don't know what you're talking about. I can read in three languages. I know what I'm talking about. I can read in Greek, Hebrew, or no, Greek, Spanish, and English, excuse me. All right? I don't think you know what you're talking about, right? And I, the word that I've been pronouncing wrong all along is I say frontier, all right? Frontier, all right? F-R-O-N-T-I-E-R, frontier, all right? I, and she's like, Michael, you're not saying it right. And I'm, have you seen Star Trek? Space, the final frontier, all right? And she's like, no, but I don't think they say that. And I'm like, yes, you have. Yes, you have, because that's the, I'm stubborn too, by the way, just like some of you. So I was like, that's how you say it. And she's like, no, that's not how you say it. So I did my research, and uh, I would even use analogies while we're talking. Kareem, we're on a new frontier with the church. And uh, she's like, boy, you got to go back to school because obviously you don't know how to pronounce certain things. I don't know. Maybe because I'm bilingual. I don't know. All right. But uh, 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 she's right. And I felt so embarrassed all along that you don't say French. I was like, girl, it's French. Frontier, all right? It comes from French. No, it doesn't. I don't know, all right? It's actually called, you say, how do you say it? Frontier. Frontier. So this homeboy would say, frontier, thank God, no, you know, didn't make a public, you know, shame on me, all right? Thankfully, my wife shared with me the correct. How do you, how many of you know your wives are mostly right more than you? Come on, somebody. Yeah, smart man right there. Let's give that man a clap. He said, my wife is always right. We got to learn from you, brother. (laughs) I learned more from you. All right. So it's not frontier. All right. But we always do this. We do this all the time. In fact, it's very, very common that people pronounce words the wrong way. And I brought some examples with me on the screen to show you. So Moni, can you put the first word up? So, so how do you say this word? How do you say this word? Go ahead. Yeah. You're wrong. It's not gif. Actually, it's jif. It's jif, all right, with a J. So you've been saying it wrong. I see some people smiling. So just to correct you, you've been saying it wrong all along, all right? <laughs> I'm, I'm showing you the right way. All right, here we have another one. First word, all right. How do you say this word? Acai, very, very, how many love acai bowls and all that? Healthy for you? All right, acai, oh, you already have it up there, all right? How about the next word? Niche. Niche, it's not Nietzsche, all right? It's not, it's not, yeah, it's niche, all right? So we have, or, or yeah, that's what it is, all right? How about this one? Yeah. 
How do you say that one? Cash. You actually say, someone said cache. We're just going to pretend like we didn't hear you. I, I pointed. I, someone's like, cache. No, 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 no. I pointed. My bad. I shouldn't have done that. Cash. It's actually called cash. We, I say you pronounce it cash, all right? Cash. <laughs> I'm not going to point at you anymore. All right. I want your participation, actually. All right. How about this word? What's, how do you say this word? Who's, it, who's the either? Who's the Raise your hand if you're an either. Who's a, who, we have teachers here, too. How, how many of you say either? All right. You can say this either way. No, I'm just kidding. All right. How, how, this is how you say it, at least from my, my studies. All right. You can throw either. Okay. Either. All right. Maybe you could say, uh, someone said, I never heard that way. They're wrong. All right. All right. Here, here's one I, I, I know I've gotten wrong, too. There's another one. This one I've gotten wrong all the time. And I bet you, you're in the same. You've done the same. All right. Go to the next one, Monique. How do you say that? Wow, you're all wrong. That was not right. All right, this is how you say it. It's mischievous. If there's no other I behind the, the V, you see that? There's no I. So here, teaching 101, all right? There's no I behind that V. And it's not mischievous. I've said it like that all my life. It's mischievous, all right? You all you getting some learning today, all right? Mischievous, all right? Now, this is another one. I butchered, and I've gotten a hot debate with someone in my church, all right? We got, we almost throw, we were about to throw it down on this one, all right? I'm just kidding. Check this one out. Here, how do you say this one? We say Sherbert, right? How many of you Sherbert? How many of you are not, how many of you, how many, Sherbet? Well, one or two, all right, yeah. How do you say it? Sherbet, Sherbet. All right, so you're all wrong, all right? It's not Sherbert, okay? I've been saying, like, there's no R after the E. There's no R. <laughs> all right? How about, uh, uh, actually, this is not in there, but I always, uh, how about sorbet? It's, it's similar, all right? Not sorbet. It's actually sorbet, all right? English is so hard. Come on, God, give us a hand here, all right? How, how about this one right here? This is in the Bible, okay? <laughs> this is actually in the Bible, okay? Uh, someone said, I've never seen that in the world. It's in the Bible, all right? I hope you have seen it, okay? <laughs> all right, it's actually a one chapter long, I think, all right? All right, so how do you say this one? It's Philemon, all right? Philemon, people say Philemon, that's okay too, all right? Just like Habakkuk, Habakkuk, one and the same, all right? How, how about this next one right here? How do you say this one? All right, church, right? But this is how God sees it. Let me show you. Go ahead, throw it up, Monique. People. God sees church, I want to let you know, as people, not a building, y'all. God doesn't see church as a building. In fact, never in the New Testament, when we use the word for, in the Greek, never has it ever meant building. Let me share that with you. Never has it ever meant. So when God says church, in fact, the, the first recording of church we have in the Bible is actually Matthew chapter 16. And uh, uh, at 16, chapter 13, we're not going to go there. We're not, don't throw it on the screen yet, Monique. Uh, I'm going to be teaching and expounding this very, very significantly, very, very deeply over the weeks to come because it's very, very critical to our faith. So I want you to know this morning and over this series, and maybe you've not been to church a whole lot. Maybe you didn't grow up in church. Maybe you had some misconceptions about church, just like we had some misconceptions 
about the words that we had up there. There are a lot of misconceptions about church. And let me tell you, one of them is that church is the building. And let me tell you right now, church, the church is not the building. The church is the people of God. Come on, somebody. It is believers coming together as a unified people, gathering under the name of of Jesus Christ, not in the name of Beyonce at a concert, not gathering under the name of Netflix and somebody's home, all right? Not gathering under the Nirvana concert, all right? That's been decades ago anyway, all right? Nirvana, I used to grow up on that, all right? Anyway, all right, we gather in Jesus' name. And over this series, I'm going to be talking about that. In fact, there's some more topics that I'm going to be talking about. Over this series, we're going to be talking about what is the church? Say, what is the church? What is the church? Who does it belong to? It belongs to Jesus, right? What is it founded upon? How is it built? Who can be part of the church? The perfect people can. No, you can't. All right. In fact, I like to say if you're perfect, you got to go. All right. There's other, there, there, let me tell you something. There's no perfect people. There's no perfect people. But let me tell you something. Out there in the world, guess what they think? They think that you are all perfect and that they don't belong with perfect people. But newsflash, I know some of y'all. Y'all not perfect, all right? I know, I know me. I'm not perfect, all right? So in this place, let me tell you, the church of Jesus Christ is made up of people, believers, who profess and believe and confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Come on, somebody. That's what we believe as a community. We're a community. What is the church's purpose? I'm excited to talk about its mission. What, uh, the church has a mission, Let me tell you something. The church, we are not called here at the Calling Church to erect and build an amazing temple or an amazing building. All right? We are building, not a building. Come on, somebody. We are building people in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody out there. We are building people. Here's a fact for you. The church of Jesus Christ. Let me take a breath real quick because I'm getting passionate. All right? I need some water. The church of Jesus Christ, check this out, has outlived and persevered over proud, powerful kingdoms, empires, and republics. Come on, somebody. It has endured fierce persecutions, heretical corruptions from within, the shock of infidelity. Yes, the church of Jesus has cheated on Jesus. You might say, how does that happen? I remember I heard a pastor say that. Do you know that the bride had cheated on Jesus? How? How? Because guess what? Sometimes the church gets foiled up in the world. Sometimes the church leaves its cornerstone, its husband, its husbandsman, which is Jesus himself, right? We are founded and built. We are actually the bride of Christ, all right? Infidelity, the ravages of revolution. The church of Jesus Christ has outlived certain philosophies and ideologies and social organizations and the persistent changing of culture. Check this out. The church for over two millennia has, uh, even though culture has persisted to change, let me tell you something, God has never changed his word. God has never changed his word. Right now, we face in this culture, very, very, it's a shifting, changing culture. And a lot of people out there are saying, what does the church believe about that? What does the Bible have to say? What is the Bible? It's not, it's not relevant anymore. Come on, somebody. I love what someone said. This, this person who was, uh, who was protesting something, I don't know. He had a sign up. I don't know what he was protesting, but I love what the sign said. It says, the church has outlived every major empire. Think twice. Let me say that again. The church has outlived every major empire. Let me say it again. Think twice. 
What, that's a long time. That's a long history. In fact, I'm going to go over this really quickly. I have it on the screen. And I can't open this can completely, but I'm going to teach a little bit of it. It says, I love this. Jesus gathers his disciples together. And this is the first instance where we learn about the word church. All right. He gathers his disciples together, the 12. And he gathers them and he says, Jesus says this to them. He says, who do people say I am? Who do people say I am? Let me tell you, Jesus is not insecure. He wants to know what they have to say. And check it out in Matthew chapter 16. This is the very first instance. We're going back to the Bible. Come on, somebody. All right. This is the very first instance of what, where we find church. It says this. Simon Peter. Let me tell you. Peter, Peter's, uh, Simon Peter, his name was Cephas. He was a Hebrew. He was not a Greek. Come on, somebody. All right. He was a Hebrew, not a Greek. But Jesus changes his name after this instance. Watch this. I want to let you know when you meet the person of Jesus Christ, he's going to give you a new name. Come on, somebody. He's going to give you a new name, an encouraged name. Cephas, his Hebrew name, means Bendy Reed. Watch the name that Jesus gives him. All right. Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This is his Hebrew name. Watch this. For this was not revealed to you by man, but my Father in heaven. Let me stop right now. The reason you are a believer is not because of any man that revealed it to you. You are a believer in the name of Jesus because your Father in heaven revealed it to you by the work of the Holy Spirit where you came to belief and said, I am a sinner. He is my Savior. I'm going to build my life upon the rock of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. That's why you're a believer today. No man. No man is a reason why you're a believer. You might have great examples. You might have great pastors. You might have great shepherds, great teachers. But God has used them as an instrument, as a vessel to teach you. Come on, somebody. That's why you're a believer this morning. The reason you found your way to this church is not because of any man. God had used men or women in your life. But God had revealed it. And that's a significant thing to think about. We don't think about it that way all the time. We say, thank you, God, for this person. But thank you, God, for the revelation that you have given me through the work and the atonement of Jesus Christ that I have a living relationship with him. Come on, somebody. That I can talk with him. That I can walk with him. Right? That's why we know Jesus. Because God has revealed it. And Jesus Christ is saying that to Peter. He's saying, Jesus is saying to Peter, you ought to thank God. Because you didn't know man revealed this to you. I didn't even reveal this to you. Who revealed it? His father in heaven, right? Jesus didn't bombard him. Come on. He didn't shit. Peter, you know who I am? Some of us are doing that to our children. Some of us are doing that to our neighbors. Do you know who Jesus is? Some of us are doing that to the Mormons. Some of us are doing that to, to, the, uh, to the other faiths. Do you know who Jesus And they're like, I don't know because you're shaking me, all right? But pray that God in heaven will reveal it to them. Come on, somebody. You're not Holy Spirit Junior. God, you know, I'm not the Savior. I'm just a pastor. I'm a vessel. And every weekend I pray, I pray that lives would be changed and touched. Come on, somebody. You out there. That's what people think about the church. They say, those people just shake you. They they want you to be a certain kind of way. That's not what we're going to do in this. That's not what we, what we do in this place. We pray for people, amen, that God would reveal to this city that Jesus Christ is King and Lord. Come on, somebody. All right, to the city of Monrovia, Duarte, Eagle Rock, right, Glendale, that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he will reveal it to them. Come on, somebody. You out there, all right? You guys enjoying the message already? You are the son of the living God. This is what Peter says, all right? 
uh, he, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, watch this, I tell you this, on, on, uh, you are Peter, and this word means petros, which means rock, means, actually means pebble. You are, see, what Jesus is doing, he's, he's, Jesus, Jesus might have been the first rapper. I'm, it sounds funny and hilarious, right? But Jesus knew, know, knew how to use a play on words, all right? He says, you are not Simon or Cephas, Bendy Reed anymore. You are actually a pebble. You're a small pebble, a piece of cut out rock. And watch this. He says, and on this rock. So in other words, Peter, you are a small rock. And on this rock, uh, P, the, the word rock in Greek means bedrock. It actually means cliff giant boulder. So Peter, on this, this pebble, you are, are this uh, a founded, or let me go back to this, it's on this rock, I will build my church. So, and I tell you that you are Peter, small pebble, and on this bedrock, somebody say bedrock, bedrock, I will build my church. I don't have time to preach about that, but I'm going to, so you ought to show up next week, all right? What is our church built on? Is it built on talent? Is it built on money? Is it built by in walls? No, it's built on what G- Peter just said, that you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. We build the church of Jesus Christ upon the fact that Jesus is Lord. Come on, somebody, that he is the Messiah King. That's how we build the church, not walls, not money. Those are instruments and those are tools. But let me tell you, over history, church has got fallen in love with it. The church has fallen in love with the tools, money, popularity, talent, fame. And that's not how we build the church of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, if this tornado swept through this place, we'll meet tomorrow at the park. Come on, somebody. If a tornado swept through this place, we'll meet at the city hall. Come on, somebody. Church is the people. Church is the people. It's you. It's the church is you. All right. The church is in you by the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the gate, it says this, and I don't have time to preach on this, but I'm going to read it all. It says, and the gate, somebody say gates. The gates of Hades. All right. In Greek mythology, Hades was a person. Hades, I'm going to teach, teach you kind of like Bible seminary, what I learned when I was uh, in school. Hades is, was a person. Hades was a representative of the underworld, death. All right. What God is saying is that Hades, death, uh, hell will never overcome his kingdom. It says this. Hades will never overcome it. I will give. Say I. I I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And I'm going to I'm going to preach about that later. But this word for church actually means uh, uh, actually uh, uh, ecclesia. Do we have that up there? Actually, go to ecclesiology first, if you can, Monique. So the, the study of, of, of the doctrine of church is from this word, ecclesiology. And I studied this uh, before in my, when I got my degree. It's the study of the nature of the church. The study how we operate, the study how we move. What is the church? This is called ecclesiology. And this is derived from the word, uh, next word right here, Monique, ecclesia. Or it almost sounds like Spanish, iglesia, right? Ecclesia, all right? And uh, here's what it means. Check this out. I love what Jesus is doing here, all right? It's, this is what it means. The Greek word for church is ecclesia, and it means legislative assembly. Check this out. It means legislative assembly or called out ones. Say called out ones. It means called out ones. This is not a religious term. All right. Jesus is using, he's borrowing terms. 
He's borrowing a, a classical Greek terminology to tell you something, right? To tell us something, to tell us people something. This is not a religious term at all, but a political and governmental ter- term. Uh-oh, all right? You guys get a little scared on that one, all right? Term that is used many times in classical Greek for a group of people who have been summoned and gathered together to, gov- to govern the affairs of a city, all right? For Jesus to use this term means he is giving the keys of the government. Check this out. Jesus is giving this term means he is giving the keys of the governmental authority in his kingdom to the church. Do you see this? All right. He's giving the keys of the governmental authority in his kingdom to the church. All right. This is huge. This is significant. In other words, what Jesus is using, he's saying what people in Greece would do, the Greek Republic, they would be called out ones who would meet as a legislative body to govern Greece. So in other words, right now up in Sacramento, there is legislature, right, that determine the laws of where? California. But guess what Jesus is saying? He said, I have my called out ones called the church, my church, Jesus Christ, called to legislate the the affairs of the church to the world. Come on, somebody. Isn't that significant? Isn't that? Watch. And it doesn't stop there. Watch this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Check this out. This is amazing. Watch this. It says this. I will, you know, you're learning right now. You need to take notes. This is significant. I will give, watch this, what Jesus says. I will give you the keys. Say keys. Keys. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but when I worked at my first job, Office Max, the, the supervisors had keys. We called them key holders, right? And, and they can get into places that I could never get, all right, because I was just a regular employee. But let me tell you also, too, when I remember going to Faith Community Church growing up, I, I always admired these people. They were key holders in the church, and our church was huge. It was massive. And they can get into areas that I always wanted to get. They can get into supply rooms. They can get into the baptismal room. They can get into the food room, all right? They can get into certain rooms, certain offices. They were key holders. In other words, those who had keys were those who had authority, all right? And this, this is exactly what Jesus is saying to Peter and his disciples. I will give you authority of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on the earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on the earth will be loosed in the in heaven in heaven isn't that significant that jesus is saying that we are the called out ones given the keys authority to loose and to bind i wrote my notes on my hand and this is what it says all right (laughs) to bind is to oh my goodness it's that time all right to bind is to forbid all right and loose is to allow in other words to bind is to prohibit and to loose is to a permit so in other words what god is saying check this out what Jesus is saying, he's saying when Peter, and he's talking, this is the debate within Christianity. Jesus is firmly talking to Peter. Why? Because Peter is the one who st- stood up and started to speak. Now, some of our buddies and in, in in the faith of Christianity will say, well, Peter was the only one given that authority. He's the first bishop. He's the first pope. And everyone else is, doesn't have that authority. But that's not what the Bible ever teaches. In fact, it's the Catholicism faith. All right, they say that Peter is the first pope. And we respect uh, our Catholic buddies and our family members. And there is no, there's unity in the fact that we believe in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And never in this church will I ever permit, all right, or allow for anyone to speak badly about any Catholic. We're done in a way with that. They used to do that for many, many years. And that's not the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Sometimes we have different traditions. And the Catholic Church puts tradition very, very high. And I would argue in my research and my studies that the Catholic Church even puts tradition higher than the Word of God. 
And there's, no higher, there's nothing higher than Jesus and his word. This is higher than any tradition that we have. Because this is the authority of Jesus. Amen. This is his word. His revealed word. But Jesus, I, we believe in the Protestant faith that Jesus was talking to Peter. And he was looking at Peter. But he was also talking to the twelve. Right? He was talking to them, and he was also giving them on authority. So what does it mean to loose and to bind and to have this authority? In other words, what God is telling, Jesus is telling Peter, is saying, Peter, when you forgive sins, I'm, I'm, giving, actually, I'm giving you the authority to, to permit people to be forgiven of their sins. And those people who do not decide to believe in their heart that Jesus Christ, that I am Lord, I'm actually forbidding them to have salvation. That is the authority that God has given the church of such a powerful, important authority. And we see this. There are people, there's Ananias and Sapphira. Do you guys remember that? Where they come up to uh, Peter and they lie about their donation to the church. And they say, we've given this much. But actually what they did in secret, they kept a lot for themselves. And Peter was like, why are you lying to God? And that, that, that's the, beyond the issue. You're lying and therefore you are stuck in your sins. And what does he tell them? He tells them basically that they're going to die. And they die just like that. The church has important authority in the world this, uh, today. Uh, has, has had authority over the, in the world over 2,000 years. I want to let you know that you have authority as Christians, as the called out ones of God. What did God call you out of? God called you out of the world. God called you out of your sin. God called you out of your pain. God called you out of your bondage so that you would be gathered together in a community that is not perfect, but in a community that is embraced or embraces the name of Jesus where he rules and he reigns. We are a messianic kingdom coming together, worshiping worshiping the Messiah God. Come on, somebody out there, all right? The church is not the building. The church is the bride and and, and, and the body of Jesus. So in the Bible, we always learn about church being a body and a bride. Actually, I'm going to leave that right there. You're going to have to come next week. All right? I have a lot of notes, all right? I've done a lot, a lot of research. In fact, I read this one story. In fact, I want to let you know that your pastor grew up in church, but my family were greatly unch- was greatly unchurched. My grand- my, I share with you all the time, my mom has recovered from alcoholism for 15, year- from fi- for 15 years. She's sober. It is amazing and awesome. My dad was a heroin addict all his life. And we looked at the church as... Honestly, it's too good for our family. Our family's struggling. But it took authentic people meeting them right where they're at, loving them and caring for them, that they, that they came to church. And their son, their family got saved. Come on, somebody. Change the trajectory of our family. Come on, somebody. You're making me emotional. Now I'm having a child. Now I'm having a child where I get to raise them. And this, 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 I'm not going to shake them son-daughter. Right? I'm going to let them choose for themselves. That God, I'm going to pray that God would reveal himself to my baby in such a way that they will follow him and go after him and build their whole life upon him. And even if they don't, I'm still going to love them. And even if they don't, I'm still going to chase them. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, parents. All right? That's what we ought to do for the world. We're here on a mission, and our message is Jesus. And Jesus heals. Jesus forgives. Jesus reconciles. Come on, somebody. Jesus is our Savior. We're in the city of Pasadena, not just to gather in our walls and dress up in our pretty comfortable church clothes and sing kumbaya. Come on, somebody. We are here to impact the city of Pasadena, Monrovia, Alhambra, sharing the good news and the good work of Jesus, that Jesus forgives, that Jesus reconciles, 
that Jesus is the name above all names, that Jesus has the authority to cure cancer, that Jesus has the authority to, to remove divorce. Come on, somebody out there. He is the solution, and people are desperately, desperately, come on, I see it all the time, desperately looking for hope, desperate, desperately looking for something that is, uh, that is strong, and we believe that his name is Jesus. Uh, uh, to, to describe, I read this story <clears throat> Actually, I'll end on this story. I have a lot of stories. So I, I, earlier this week, about two days fresh out of Easter, I, uh, I, I woke up in the middle of the night. I think it was like a Tuesday, Wednesday. And I think maybe my mind was still on Easter. And we had a great time. It was amazing. People gave their lives. We worshiped the risen Savior, Jesus. And by the way, Jesus is still alive, not just on Easter. Jesus is still moving, and he's working, and he's alive, and he's well. All right? I had this, notion, I had this feeling when I got up. I just woke up at about four, three, 3 or 4 a.m., and I had the biggest smile on my face. And thank God that Kareem didn't watch me. That would have been freaky, all right? Just like, wake, dude woke up with a smile. What? That's crazy, all right? I woke up with a smile in my, in, my, in my heart and on my face. And the thought that came over me was, I believe, from God. The thought that came over me was, Michael, I don't want you to just think about right now. Don't we get so fixated right now on the now, on the moment? God told me, I don't want you to get fixated right now. I don't want your eyes to just get fixed on the moment right now about what I'm doing right now. But I want you to realize uh, from, um, from the perspective of being in the future in your church. I want you to be, I want you to realize not just what's happening in 2019. I want you to know what's going to happen in 2030 and 2040 and 2050. And when you see from that perspective, I want you to look back upon all those years and see how many lives were impacted, to see how many lives were touched, to see how many families were reconciled. Come on, somebody. How many people were forgiven? How many people were given hope? How many people were given a second chance? You know, in 75 or 100 years from now, are people going to say of us, what a magnificent building they built. What an amazing, glorious stained glass windows, steeple, pupil they built. How amazing. Or are they going to say of us, what a generation that God built among us. Come on, somebody. What an amazing people that God done through us, right? That's what God is going to do. And we're here in this city for a purpose. We're, we're, we're a body that is alive and well. The church of Jesus is a body where we're the hands and the feet, and he is the head, all right? He's the head. I shared this story earlier with, with our team. I, I, I heard this story where this composer was, you know, doing his thing. By the way, my wife took a class of composer. Compo- I don't know what any of that means, all right? I thought it was nonsense. How many of you thought that was nonsense? It didn't mean nothing. It's just, the dude is just doing all that, all right? The composer was going, beautiful orchestra, wonderful music, had tons of instruments everywhere. Music was playing. People were enjoying it. All of a sudden, all right, uh, a seemingly insignificant piccolo player had to tie his shoe. And the, or, and, the, and the conductor was doing this, and it was beautiful, and it was amazing. And the piccolo player thought, oh, my gosh, I have to tie my shoe. I have OCDC, all right? Or OCD, excuse me, ACDC. I have OCD, all right? I have to tie my shoe. And uh, what does he do? He actually ties his shoe, and the conductor is playing, and he's going, and it sounds beautiful and marvelous. But as he's doing that, he, noticed, he notices just a slight adjustment. He says, that piccolo player is not playing. Everybody stop, stop. And he says, we're not starting again until the piccolo player starts to play. And it didn't mean to embarrass him, but he did, what he wanted to, him to realize is how much he, was, uh, how much he contributed, contributed to the amazing symphony that was taking place. Yeah. 
And just like that, Jesus Christ is an amazing conductor. And I want you to know that you are a part of the body of Jesus. And when you're not here, it, Jesus notices it, if you will. When you're not and you're moving in your ministry, Jesus notices it. And he loves it when you are here. He loves it when you're gathered together with his people because you are making a difference and you're, and you're making an impact not only on your life but all those around you. Amen. Jesus is conducting a wonderful symphony at the Calling Church. He's doing amazing, an amazing job. And uh, I, I'm just so pleased and amazed at all the, all of the things that God is doing. Really quickly, let me just end with this. A lot of people in my research in this city, in this, and just SoCal, to be quite honest with you, a lot of people are done with church, to be honest with you. A lot of people are open to God, but a lot of people are like, church, I'm cool, right? I don't need that. With God, I'm cool with God. But let me tell you, it's impossible possible to please God and not be in a church. Just like a, a soldier needs an army, so does a saint need a church where we are a living body. Amen? We need to be in church. Why? Because we gather under Jesus' name, and great things happen when we do. All right? Healings take place. Forgiveness takes place. People come back home to Jesus. Amen? We're taught his word. We're taught truth. We're not changing like culture's changing, all right? We're stuck in his word. We're moving forward in his word. We're on a mission. We're, we're the people with a message, and his name is Jesus. Amen. Can I have every head bowed, every eye closed? Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to the Calling Church. Bring a friend. We will love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, the Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.